Woke up quick at about noon. Hey, the familiar sounds of Easy E there and Boys in the Hood. What's good here? I had promised you uh, I was going to drop something extra here on New Year's Eve. Um, thank you so much for listening, downloading, streaming, all of that fantastic stuff. If you weren't able to catch our Wednesday episode of D'Lo and Casey, I wanted to share a portion of our program with you from that day. And it was an ambitious idea. It's an idea that I've had for a while, and I thought the end of the year would be a perfect time to implement it. We've really worked on the idea of bringing in multiple guests out of time, like uh, Sanjus and Tim, host of the Watching the Tape podcast. We brought them in at the same time. Uh, Will and Tony of, of the, the King's Herald show with Jerry Reynolds. Like We brought them in at the same time. Greg and Jill, we wanted to bring multiple people in at once and, of course, Deuce and Moe. So I thought, you know, at the end of the year, we're not going to be on Friday. We're not going to be on Thursday. Why not have Marshall and Deuce and Moe come in? And in my head, it's a brilliant idea. And in my head, I thought, okay, loosely lay this out but just kind of let the conversation go. And that's ultimately what we did. And I think it resulted in a tremendous hour of radio that if you didn't get to hear, I hope you'll take a listen to this. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. I'm positive uh, that you'll really, really enjoy it. And in addition to all of the year-end stuff, we opened up with um, thoughts on the Sacramento Kings and Tyrese Halliburton and the Kings beating the Nuggets two-time two times this year. So let's bring you right into that conversation. Again, if you missed this, you're really, really going to enjoy it. If you've already heard it, stick around and listen again. Again, I think you're really, really going to enjoy it. And then I'll have some more thoughts uh, once we wrap up. So enjoy this. And as I mentioned, you know, we started this conversation before we dove into the, you know, wild year that was 2020. We started this conversation with the Sacramento Kings, their victory against the Denver Nuggets. And I asked Deuce Mason, Yo, what, what, what do you think is clicking for the Kings right now? You know what? I, I think it's dealing with some adversity. I mean, that third quarter last night was a disaster. Uh, I, I didn't like the lineup at times, but De'Aaron Fox came in and showed what he was about. De'Aaron Fox set the tone. He said, I'm going to come back in the four-minute mark. I'm going to attack. I'm not going to lose this game. And he showed out. And then Halliburton came up big. And I think the biggest surprise, you know, people talk about the defense. And, like, there's definitely some signs that the defense is better. But the biggest surprise to me is the impact that Halliburton's having. No, I agree. <laughs> Casey, you gotta you gotta make the switch. Sorry, sorry, real quick. Casey, you oh. gotta make the switch to the other. You gotta make the switch to the other mic, man. Sorry, we're we, we know you got your new uh, setup there in the studio, but we gotta make this switch uh, one last time as you pull the pull that other mic closer to you. Um, Morgan, uh, mm. last night, your thoughts on your thoughts on the game and and how they were able to recover from a disastrous third out, uh, third you know quarter. Deuce pretty much took the adversity thing for me because that was something I've been definitely curious of how this team, especially what we saw against the Phoenix Suns, like, hey, how are they going to handle that? What are How are they going to climb out of that? Because for so long, we've seen a Sacramento Kings team not be able to deal with that. So besides dealing with that, I would also say the defense. How fun is it actually seeing these players work as a unit, right? It's mm -hmm. like, this system where you can plug players in. And even if you individually suck at defense, you're going to be <laughs> okay in this system. If you buy in and do the right things and you're seeing guys not only buy in, but diving on the ground for loose balls. And the yeah. effort is there for, you know, trying to grab those boards and you're just seeing that fight there defensively. And that's been surprising to me. Marshall, is this team better defensively? 
I mean, that seems like a rhetorical question, but I'm going to go ahead and answer and be, you know, very responsible and say, of course, it's a better defensive team. Did you watch this team last year? Okay, no. So I, I think what, but how much of what we're seeing is effort? How much of what we're seeing is like effort and movement versus, because there's still, if you look at, you know, we're a handful of games into the season. If you look at like defensive statistics outside of rebounding, which I think is a defensive statistic where they're top three right now, a lot of like, oh, I mean, they, the Nuggets scored 115 last night. It's it's not like they they're holding you know teams to 90 or anything like that. True, but let's go back to what you said. Outside of effort is how you started that. Let me let me explain something to you. As as anyone, and I believe everybody here has played basketball at least at the high school level, can tell you defense is about effort mostly. It's mostly mm -hmm. about effort, especially when you're talking about an NBA game. Uh, where you're talking about 48 minutes, right? If you have defensive lapses effort-wise for a number of minutes, that's usually where the game gets decided because the old NBA adage is everybody makes a run, right? Because they're all skilled offensively enough to score. Everyone's mm -hmm. going to score team-wise, but it's going to come down to who has the fewest defensive lapses. Like Nikolai Jokic, through three quarters was literally doing whatever he wanted, right? And that was through good defensive effort on the Kings part. Still, he was the best player on the court last night. He had a quadruple double. The man had a quadruple double. Of course, it's true. You know, it's accurate. The, the fourth column was turnovers. He, he but, had know, the old James Harden quadruple double. One, one of the reasons, uh, you know, you hear Luke Walton talking about it after the game last night. He was like, you know, the 10 turnovers. He's like, I he made some passes where it seemed like his teammates weren't necessarily paying attention. And that's why some of those turnovers happen. And what I'm saying is, are they playing, I'm sorry, are they better defensively than they were last year? Absolutely. And the number one reason is because the effort that fans will tell you was not there consistently enough throughout the season is now they are fully engaged on the defensive end of the court. Even if they get beat off the dribble, even like, they, they are engaged, and that's, that's the first part. If you can get the team engaged, now we can work with the defensive concepts and, you know, go ahead and execute better in what we're actually trying to do defensively. But the first step is effort, and the effort is there, Daniel. Let me ask you guys, what do you guys contribute that to? Is it just Rex Kalamian? Is it another year under Luke? Because to be honest with you, the last 25 games of the season last year, that's when they started to defend. Now, that's also when they got Kent Bazemore. They got Alex Lynn. Those guys really helped with creating that identity. But, I mean, I think they're a little better from the end of last year, like before the bubble, and it's carried over. So what do you what do you guys do, Samoa? Who do you guys contribute that to? Is well, I mean, it just I, Rex? No, I mean, it's not just Rex. I mean, just to give it credit to one guy, but yeah, some of his concepts have been great. And, and to Marshall's point, yeah, you got to have the engagement. You got to have the communication. And the Kings have a very good defensive point guard in De'Aaron Fox. I think he has the potential to be an all-defensive guy in this mm -hmm. league mm -hmm. if he wants to be. But there's also, he carries so much the load because he's pushing the pace. He's attacking nonstop. So he's got to kind of find that balance. But you add him to the mix, and this is no shade at Bogdanovich, but like, Halliburton is an upgrade there, a defensively. Absolutely. The way he's able to play the passing lanes. I mean, I saw the highlight last night again where he got switched on Jokic late in the game and Millsap tried to get it to Jokic, and here was Halliburton reading it perfectly, yeah. knocking it away, taking it all the way to the basket. So you, you've got a couple of nice guards who are able to, to defend. And 
let's also give some credit to Buddy Heald for a second because, mm-hmm. you know, Buddy, mm-hmm. he, he's liking stuff on social media in the offseason. There, there's <laughs> questions about if, he, if he's happy being in Sacramento. Well, the guy's not really crushing it offensively right now. Yeah. But last night, he had an impact on that game. That energy he brought, to Morin's point, diving on the floor multiple times for loose balls, giving his best defensive effort, whether it's against Devin Booker, whether it was against Jamal Murray in, the, in that first game against Denver, he's bringing it. And he may never be a great defensive player. He may, he may be an average, but if he brings that effort, that goes such a long way. And Kenny, it's it's contagious, right? You know that. It's like, it's it's contagious to the point where it's like, oh, if he's going to do that, I'm going to do that. You buy in to that system. And sometimes you just need some good leadership. So whether it was even someone like De'Aaron Fox getting paid and being like, all right, I need to take my game to the next level, even vocally at practice, you know, obviously it's a weird year. We're not seeing everything that's going down at practice. We're not seeing if it's all Rex Kalamian. We're not seeing if it's Alvin Gentry. We're not seeing if it's De'Aaron Fox. So, you know, we can only speculate what it is but whatever it is they're all buying in together Mm -hmm. i don't know if they're talking on the floor yet you know obviously communication is such a huge part to playing defense as a unit and doing and actually executing it so i'm going to assume that they're actually communicating with each other but they're just buying in to the system that is in place by rex glamian and the rest of the coaching staff i'll say this kenny you talk about you know, what's the difference? Um, Buddy healed, I think, to me. And I, and here's the thing back to what Morgan just said about, you know, you don't, you, you want to be able to do your part and you look around and everybody's doing their part. You don't want to be the weakest link. Mm-hmm. Two, Buddy tried it his way last year. I'm going to be this offensive guy, blah, blah, blah. Looked at the win column at the end of the season. Well, that didn't work. People are, you know, holding me accountable. Maybe I should hold myself accountable before the season even starts. He's telling you in a press conference with the media where some of his back and forth with the media hasn't always gone smoothly. Yo, the defense thing, it's a real thing. It's no longer the elephant in the room. I'm, t- I'm here to talk to you about it and we're, we're going to address it. And they have addressed it. And like I said, uh, to Deuce's point, Tyrese Halliburton, upgrade defensively from Bogdan Bogdanovich. It's, it's, it's a series of events that have all kind of come in perfectly placed. Yes, Alex Lynn is gone, but now you've got a big man in, in Hassan Whiteside who can step in and just be a big menacing presence. And Rashawn Holmes, he's played well. Like, so you add up all those things and just kind of the buying in. Luke Walton, apparently, any idea that he had lost the locker room or they weren't going to believe – Remember, this team was on the verge of making a run at the end of the season before everything stopped on March 11th. They were right there. They were on the upwards swing. They had like what three teams with a better record than them since the All Star break. They I were think it was the Bucks and the Lakers, better. if I remember correctly. Right. So, so like they're doing everything that needs to happen to make it happen, and now you're just seeing fresh faces that can play defense injected into a, a team. And like I said, leadership is a big thing. Buddy Hilt is lead. I, I know y'all probably never thought y'all would hear this. <laughs> Buddy Hilt is out here leading on defense because he's literally being the example of, yo, this is what it looks like when we play our tails off on yeah. the defensive end of the floor. Whether our shots go down or not, on the defensive end of the floor, we get it. And Marshall, I think you even mentioned this. It was, you're right. It's like, 
he wants to play. He doesn't want a situation like what happened last year of like, oh, I can be coming off the bench if I'm not doing every little thing I need to be doing. And so I wonder if that's also kind of lit a fire under his butt and kind of pushed him to give everything he has every night on the floor. Cause that's what we're seeing from him. I, I think you're right. And the other thing I'll say to that with buddy specifically is he came in and we saw the likes and the, the, the trade stuff on the off season. I think he's also realizing, Hey, if I do want to get out of here, if I want to be on a winner, whether it's here or somewhere else, I've got to put myself in the best position possible. You know how he does that? By being a factor on both ends of the floor, or if not a factor per se, not being a liability on one end of the floor. And one other thing, Marshall, to this whole point, we're talking about the Kings defensive improvement. We're not acting like they're the bad boy Pistons by any means, right? Like (laughs) it's definitely gotten better, but I think the one encouraging thing, if you're within those walls and at Golden One Center, how you're feeling in the locker room would be, hey, we played four games now, we're three and one, and we didn't really shoot the ball well until the last game against Denver. And last season, if the Kings do not shoot the ball well, they don't win. They don't win games. It's over before it starts. And and, and that's, you got to be able to win ugly games. It's a 72 game season. It's compacted. There's back to backs. You're you're rarely, are you going to get like two days off in a row? So you've got to bring it. And I think the depth also helps where you look at Luke Walton's rotations and how many people are playing and, and not just playing, but contributing. Like you looked at the box score last night. I know they scored 74 points at halftime, but so many people did stuff in the first half. It wasn't just like one guy took over. It's rarely been a situation where one guy takes over. It's been a piecemeal, a puzzle, and they put it together well through four seasons. I mean, look at who they played, the Nuggets and the Suns. Those are two very, very good basketball teams. You can just look at the fact that the Suns are also three and one. They're only lost being to the Kings. What they did last year, adding Chris Paul. If they can go three and one against these teams, yo, can't wait to see what they do against teams like the Bulls. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's calm. Let's not do yeah. that. I just had this talk with Kenny. <laughs> like, you. let's let's I'm let's not Damian do that. It. Let's not look at the schedule and start going, oh, wait till they get a hold <laughs> of this team. I want to point out one thing that that Morgan said that I've gone back to because Luke Walton used the same term. Morgan, you used the term buy-in. They're buying in. And I can remember uh, Luke Walton's first press conference after the first practice. He said, I love the energy. I love the enthusiasm. And he said, I love the buy-in. And I regret not asking him in that moment, what are they buying into? Because I feel like uh, we're seeing it right now. Marshall Harris, uh, Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, uh, the internet killed Kenny Carraway. We're going to try to get him back connected here uh, with us. Okay. It's going to be an eventful final 45 <laughs> minutes here. We just gave Xfinity and El Grove all that love. We gave them free sponsorship, free love. They took Kenny Carraway from us in those last five minutes. We tried to connect on his phone. That absolutely did not work as Kenny's got Gosh. dial up once, once the Wi-Fi goes down. <laughs> like He's got iPhone 1. Uh, back there. He's got the original brick iPhone, but I think we got you connected, partner. I think I'm here. I think yeah. I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Good. Hopefully I stay here for the rest of the show because I got to talk to my people. You know, I got to talk to Deuce Mo. I got to talk to Lil Bro. Okay, we thought you were just going to play Snake bro. on the Nokia. That's what we thought you were going to do is play Snake on the <laughs> I'm Nokia. I'm back, Lil Bro. Uh, I'm back, Lil Bro. Nokia <laughs> with the uh, with the Snake. Remember the game, the Snake? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It wouldn't be it wouldn't be 2020 if everything had gone perfectly like we've got to have some hiccups (sighs) here. So 
you know, we we mentioned, you know, a moment ago is our idea is to just kind of sit back, take a look back here on 2020. There's not a big grand structure uh, to this conversation. There's just some things we were thinking about. But as we're coming off talking about the Sacramento Kings, you know, regardless of what happens against Houston tomorrow, they're going to finish a, above 500, whether it's a game above 500 or a couple of games above 500. But that's a far cry from where we were at the beginning of the year. And this has been such a, you know, because Marshall, you pointed this out a moment ago, the stretch that they were playing, where they were playing really well, headed into the suspension on March 11th. And we'll get to that in just a few minutes. And Kenny and I have long had the discussion. If they just went top 16 teams and teams like Phoenix and, and Sacramento weren't invited to the bubble, would Vlade still be employed? And would we be on this journey that we're on right now with this team? Wow. I mean, that's a great question. I would say that Vladi would likely still be here at that point because the bubble was such a disaster for the team, right? Yeah. Like they had the expectations and there was like, hey, how is De'Aaron going to play? And these guys going to play when there's like meaningful basketball. Here we go. And it was like, all right, Buddy had COVID. Harrison had COVID. Like it was a total mess. And then they, they played terribly. And so if you think about it, if they just shut it down, they didn't invite Phoenix. They didn't invite Sacramento. Yeah, Vladi's probably still here. And, and and look, I was I was a Vladi defender. I don't know if you could say that. I just didn't think I thought he should get a little more time to see his project through. That was really my thing. Like Fox, Bagley, give him another year to see if he can get it done. It's probably a blessing in disguise, to be honest with you, because I love what Monty's done getting these guys in here. The Hassan Whitesides, Glenn Robinson the third, even though he had, didn't play last night. But I'm not sure. I can't trust. That Vladi Divac would have took Tyrese Halliburton. It's you not a blessing saying? in disguise. It's a big bogey. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think this blessing is in disguise at all. It's a big flamboyant. I am out there. Look at me. I am a blessing. <laughs> that's that's what this yeah, is. I, I, apparently, Kenny doesn't understand how camouflage works and what, what, what disguises <laughs> really look like. Uh, and, and that's fine, Kenny. We all learn our own pace. Uh, listen. The best thing that happened to the Kings is that they got rid of Vladi Divac when they did. People, I can I could say this because I I wasn't in Sacramento for his entire time as the GM, but I saw a series of mistakes and a series of okay maybe this time this will work out, and I saw that cycle over and over again to the point where I realized like I think the fans in Sacramento and maybe the team at large are in this like foggy haze where they can't see clearly because it's been so long since they've even seen the playoffs and what that looks like and what a good team building actually looks like that you're willing to put up with some egregious errors on Vladi Divac's part. Uh, when you said project, Kenny, that's the best way to describe it. What we all know about projects is they can go good or bad because it's just like a project. It's very abstract. It's like mm. your science project. Oh, that looks really good. And then you try to make the volcano work and it just fizzles at the top. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm with Kenny in the sense that like, yeah, I defended too because I'm all about reality and patience. And I think so many people especially in the sports world, we're quick to go, okay, that coach needs to be fired. That GM needs to be fired. They need it's to just be never going to happen. It's, it's always about happen. firing everyone. And it's like, it's like you guys, sometimes you have to have patience and give it time. Now, when it came to Vlade, I think Marshall, you're right though. He gave a lot of 
reasons why he shouldn't still be the GM, whether it was with picks, whether it's with the, with the way that the culture was going. Um, Dwayne Dedman comes to mind, but go correct. ahead. No. Exactly. Oh, no, you're love you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And that's when you start to question. Cause you're like, okay, now we're in year what, and this is still happening. So I think people do need to be patient, even in this, with this organization and this front office, when, things are going to go back down and how are they going to handle things when adversity hits again and things aren't going well. So again, sorry, everyone. It just goes with patience when no, no. I have another Morgan, different office. I'm with you with the patience. All I'm saying is there is a fundamental outsider here. As I said, fundamental yeah. lack of accountability that was happening. I'm all about accountability. They yeah. were way more than patient. It was I a agree. lack of accountability. And that starts at the top and goes down. And so with Vladi not coming back, remember, technically he resigned, right? Like, he was like, I'm not going to stay yeah. in this role that you want me to now Step do. Down. A lot of guys resigned this year. Uh, well, <laughs> well my, my, point is, my point is this. I'm all about the patience. But when you see the evidence on the table, yo, let's call it what it is. Like, just to switch, just a, a slight contrast. In football, right, you've got the number one overall pick, Right. You know, as a GM, what you do with the number one overall pick will determine whether or not you have that same job in three years, period. In three years. I was getting this extended leash. And you just, but you even said in three years and sometimes like that's exactly, and people turn after a year, but you're exactly right. Velada got a lot of years. Yeah, he he got got a lot of time. So so, I'm agreeing with you to that point. So let me play devil's advocate real quick. Oh, I love this. Go ahead, Kenny. I can't wait to hear this. (laughs) Where the hell are you going with this? Is this or is this not his roster? On the floor. I'm sorry, what? Is this or is this not Vladi's roster on the it's floor? It's not. It's I mean, because like they uh-huh. said, Bo, Bogdan would be back. Halliburton right. wouldn't have been drafted. Maybe but, not. You can't you can't say he wouldn't have been drafted. I don't think he what, what in wait, hold on, hold on. Kenny, Kenny, what in Vladi Divox track record? Track record. Fox. Look at his track record De'Aaron of all Fox. his picks. De'Aaron and tell Fox. Me, he does not get credit for De'Aaron Fox. No, okay, yeah. so let me let me tell you this. If Halliburton is everything that everybody said he was and it's just a blessing that he dropped down, the, the, the well, I can't say always the clear pick, right? Because they, they didn't pick Luca, But he doesn't get credit for Fox, right? Because he fell into his lap. Who's to say if Halliburton didn't fall into his lap, he wouldn't have, guard, he wouldn't have drafted him? The same way Fox. I, I mean, who knows? Lap. I mean, I do say, I, I do give him credit for drafting Fox because ultimately you, he did draft him. But I think anyone would have, picked him at number five in that spot that's and that's the that reality point, and nobody okay, would have drafted Halliburton at 12 I, we don't know that mm-hmm. I, I have zero idea I mean you look at his draft the, the history reason- he had a lot of misses I mean you, you go back to the one draft where Yorgos Papa Giannis and in that same draft yeah he did acquire Bogdan Bogdanovich which was a big deal for sure like Bogey's a good player but he also Use first round picks on Malachi Richardson. Where's he playing? Scalabi Sierra. He last I checked, he got waived by the Knicks, maybe playing in the G League. So Willie Cauley Stein. We're talking about three first round picks in one year. I don't, I don't disagree. You are preaching, you are preaching right now. I don't disagree with any of you guys. I'm simply asking, aside from one player, this is his roster. Everybody, do we talk about Rashawn Holmes and how great he's playing? That's a body pickup. Harrison Barnes, De'Aaron Fox. That's a Vladi pickup. We talk about Corey Joseph off the bench. That's a Vladi pickup. I'm not. I'm not saying he should be here. I'm just saying we're we're acting like. Well, what about what about the cultural lines? That's a, that's a, that's something to do as well. That's that's a great point as well, Damien. But we're acting like Monty McNair. Monty McNair hasn't even put his fingerprints on this team yet. 
But the, I, I disagree, though. I disagree. It's not even about. But see, you, you're, you're saying like Monty Maynard hasn't put his his fingerprints on it. I, I'll agree with you there in terms of okay, the Halliburton thing happened. There's other. I don't know what's going to happen with Jemias Ramsey and Woodard. Like I, I, I get what you're saying Jemias. there. I like Jemias. But, 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 but listen to what I'm saying, Kenny. I'm just saying people in Sacramento, the ones who are bloody bloody defenders, will over like just skim over. All all the misses like it would yes. be different if, like i haven't even spoken that one word at the number two pick <laughs> i haven't even spoken his name i don't even need to go there to make my point and that's the point i'm trying to make in marshall you know i i think it's really nice that kenny that you're trying to be nice and defend Vladi still because what you're saying isn't necessarily wrong when you talk about the roster i know we're trying to be like yeah but this but this and that's the thing there's a lot more to it sure these are guys that were um acquired while he was gm of this team mm -hmm. but don't you think because there's so many misses that it's like man he just lucked out he had so many that he just lucked out on a few like you probably should luck out on a few if you're in the lottery every single damn year right no i i i oh. think that i think that it was the right move for him to be gone. Oh. You know what I mean? I, I, I said he should get. He just wanted to play the devil for a minute. That's, that's all. all. Yeah, that's yeah. all. And I literally said it's devil's advocate. But oh. I, I started off the whole thing saying that that was a blessing in reality, not in disguise. There you go. View. There you go. That's Now we're moving. That, that's what it is. I just, I look at this team and I feel like they're, they have room to get better. I mean, there's there's contracts that can be moved, bad contracts that can be moved. Uh, the Corey Josephs, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm I'm almost doing a 180 on Buddy Hield at this point. You know, depending on what you can get for him or nothing like that. I think there's room for this team to improve, and I, I can't wait to see what Monty does with this squad. Hey, the one thing I will say about Vlade, the best thing I think he ever did besides Fox was trading Cousins. Yep, and and that led to Fox. It, it ultimately landed. Oh, that's a stretch. I mean, what do you mean that's it's a stretch? A, it's oh, a, a stretch, stretch because you're you're assuming they would have won a bunch of games because DeMarcus Cousins is here. Well, DeMarcus, I mean, they were playing kind of hovering around that no, five. They, they, were like one, they were like two, two, two yeah. games out of And then eight. they won the first game out of the break. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Stage. And then they fell apart. Yeah, and like Willie really had like 27 or something. Like getting, getting, getting Buddy healed back in that deal ultimately looks like a good move and I, I just thought for th the kings need to change it i can't imagine what would have happened if we were here today and the kings had given in and gave mm. the marcus cousins the supermax would seem like a possibility at one point and think about how things would have looked today if they were in that situation. Every yeah. single rookie would have been bullied. Every single well, person would have been put no, down. No, it's just talking well, about the injuries well, or whatever. Like, injuries. Oh, I, I those thought those you were talking about on the court product. I didn't know you were talking about that. That speaks more to a cultural issue. I, I, I just think it's, I just think it's great that we're looking at a team that win or lose right now because they've got a, they've got a loss. They've got three wins. You can just enjoy watching fun basketball. Yeah. That's, there you go. That that hasn't been the case mm -hmm. in Sacramento in a lot of these 14 years that we're talking about. And I bring a lot of that to, to my guys. You guys know, I affectionately call him a little magic. I bring a lot of that with Tyrese, man. Tyrese, he's, he, he, he's, 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 I like how Penny takes man, everything to man. the next level. Yes. I enjoy your yep. positivity. Damien, Even though Damien, like, I, I need start to tell the you name? to take it down. Did I start the name? You did not. Oh, I'm just Magic saying. Johnson did. Of course, I'm Magic Johnson started that. I'm just saying. 
But Kenny, you're encouraged. But Kenny is running with it. Like Kenny, Kenny took the Magic Johnson tweet and went off in a straight sprint with it. Yo, all you um, know about Kenny is he saw Mean Girls and was calling everything fetch for like. Oh, a week. Mean Girls is a great movie. Thank you. It Love is. me. Do some you mean girls. do you guys remember like? Can you remember a major? I I have I honestly have one. It's a it's a collection of a couple. Kenny, if you want to walk away for a minute, I understand. Do you have like a moment before March 11th, before you know the world kind of changed for everybody? Do you have a sports moment that you can remember? Before March, sure, sure. Do you really? Because I, I have moments. I have one in particular, which is why Kenny's walking away. Patrick Mahomes in that stretch of playoff games where he's down 24 doesn't matter. He's down 10 and then he's, you know, down in the Super Bowl against against uh against San Francisco. I remember that stretch of football. I was reminded like LSU won the national title this year. Like I have very like little recollection of LSU and when it was brought up I was like, "Oh yeah, they were great." Like I remember that now. It's college like, okay. football week. College football but, is going downhill. But other than that, like I can't Nothing. There's, lot, there's lots of me. things I remember about about this year in sports. A lot, lots of great games. I remember out of the All Star break when the, the 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 Kings took it to the Clippers. Like what? Um, that that was that was like that was like a moment where I was like, oh, the season isn't quite over yet for the Kings. At like two um, afternoon on a Saturday. Yeah, on a Saturday after a matinee. Didn't even Saturday know the matinee. game was on at the time. The, apparently, the Clippers did not wake up uh, in time to, <laughs> to play that game. Uh, I remember specifically you mentioned it, uh, Pat Mahomes, but. The Texans game? What? Yeah, that was wild. Twenty-four nothing, right? Wild. Yep. Twenty-four zero. Man. Damien's boy Bob with the fake punt. Oh my goodness. Twenty. <laughs> Look, it was twenty-four nothing, but I don't believe anyone believed the game was anywhere close to being over. Except Bob. Crazy about it. Bob thought he had it. He he thought he had it. It was twenty-one zero after one quarter. Twenty-four uh, zero. I think it was four or five minutes into the second quarter. And then, and, and then they were out. It was 51 to seven. <laughs> the rest of the way, it was 51 to seven. And the, the birth of the, ever. And then the, he wasn't even, Bill O'Brien wasn't even uh, let go until this no. year. Yeah, which later. is insane. Like, like, you really think about that. Like, all this happened, and then he doesn't even get let go until later. I would have fired him the second Patrick Mahomes tied that game. I was <laughs> like, dude, right. you're done. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, you guys, that's so interesting to me. Like even Super Bowl and everything. I'm like, that feels like it was five years ago. Obviously the Super Bowl happens every year, but it doesn't feel like it this year. So no, you guys bringing up these things, I go, oh yes, I do recall. Oh, that I happened recall. this year. Like, oh, that's right. That happened this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's difficult to, you know, oh, kind yeah. of pin some of these down. Like I have zero recollection of the Clippers Kings game. Like I kind of vaguely remember like, Oh, okay. Like maybe I remember, I don't know. It was a regular season Clippers Kings game. I, I don't know why that stands out for you. That was a good game. That was a moment. They took it to the Clippers. Yeah. Okay. That was a moment. Like Marshall said, where it was like, Oh, he kind of perked up. He was like, okay, you did that to the Clippers. And then I think they went in maybe like a week and a half later and did the same thing to the Clippers. And it was like, Oh, okay. We might have a little action. This may not resonate with you guys or our listener, or our program director, but um, but he's gonna bring it up anyway. <laughs> a big moment before everything went down was Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. That was a 
Okay, fight. that's fair. Okay, that's I I remember fight. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to see my I didn't care, but I remember. Like there, yeah. No, I cared. I was in a bad mood all night when my guy Wilder got beat down. Like I, I was rooting oh, for Bama, like oh, what you know, but oh, Bama did not stand tall that night. Not at all. You guys name <laughs> everything before March eleventh. March eleventh is like where twenty twenty like started for me, where I <laughs> yeah. actually remember. Well, things yeah. and obviously there's things i know that we're going to talk about that happened before then but march 11th was you know deuce and i we were at a stockton kings game and we were so sad because the kings were going to play zion and the pelicans at golden one center and we're like damn we have to miss this game because we have to call it and so then we're in stockton and then we're here you know and then all the rudy gobert mm -hmm. stuff is happening and we're like we're, we're like, is our game going? And then we don't know if our game's going to go. Oh, we don't, don't get twisted. We still played our game. We G -League. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Poor guys, we didn't even remember. We didn't even know. They no, had no out idea. There. Nobody had no <laughs> idea. Poor guys. We're slapping everyone's hands. There's fans coming up to us talking. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't want to make light of this, but you've talked about it openly on your podcast. Uh, you had, Deuce, you had COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was early in March. It was, well, it was mid to March late. 11th. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I started a super spreader. Still event, there? Okay. Um, yeah. And what's weird about it. Cause I didn't, I tried to get tested that then, then that was when like testing, you couldn't get it unless you're like pregnant or like 75 years old. That yeah. was it. Or like and your symptoms were really it, bad. It was 12 days of just, it sucked. I mean, it was, it was nothing like I've ever felt in my life. Like, and I'm not one, I like to keep moving. I move a lot, I like to be active. And I mean, I was in bed 12 days and there'd be moments where you feel like, oh, I'm feeling better, this is great. And then big time fatigue, like the, 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 the I couldn't breathe, the coughing. I mean, it was Dude, this guy, like, I'm not even kidding you. It's, he's one of those people that like, if he's sick, he just doesn't want to stay still. It doesn't matter if there's five podcasts to do. It's like, yeah, we gotta do them all. It doesn't matter. The, COVID just like wiped him out. And I remember because one time we go on like our uh, post podcast walk and he couldn't even make it like a, an entire block. Like that's it was, when I knew it. I had the shortness of breath and I was like, oh, this is not I was like, like, good. Okay. Well, maybe he's just really out of shape. And then obviously it wasn't that. <laughs> From well, a, I'm uh, glad you're doing better though. I, yeah. I have to say. Yeah. Did it mean, take I, you a while to, re to, did, uh, to recover? Uh, well, I, I got, well, I did have to go to the, uh, uh, I had a, uh, the doctors like a month ago to check on the heart. It's good. It's clear, but there's just weird things. You know, it's like the aftermath. We're still learning about the long-term ramifications of this. You know, it's like it, I had weird shortness of breath every once in a while. And it's just mm -hmm. strange or like weird, like a chest to pain around the heart area. And it just, it scared me a little bit, but I'm good right now. And he's so. the beacon of physical fitness. Yeah, so indeed. like, how is that supposed yeah. to happen? You know? Indeed. So the, the weird thing about that is, you know, Deuce talks about, uh, if I got it correctly, it was before, was it before they announced COVID that you thought you had No, COVID? no, no, it was after. It was after. So, it was probably like March 20th-ish around oh. there. So, so like a week after that last game. So look, my fiance, she'll be okay with me saying this. I don't know. We don't know if she had it or not, but she was sick. She had all the symptoms and stuff. And this was like early February and they would not let her in the hospital. Like w oh. the world didn't know what was going on, but she was like saying, they're like, okay, what's your symptoms? And she was saying them and they're like, yeah. Um, yeah, no, you, you can't see a doctor right now, but call us in two days and we'll see what's going on. And then wow. they call her and they'd be like, where have you been at? Who are you with? Are you driving right now? And we're at the time, remember we're in regular world. Like mm -hmm. what is wrong with the doctors? Why won't they let, she just want to get a checkup or whatever. But 
to to know that that's might might have been what was going on yeah and, you know they they just were trying to i guess work some things out or figure some stuff out and for it to be this global pandemic the way it is yeah it's surreal. It's surreal. that was a bizarre thing too because like obviously you started reading about this first time in january mm-hmm. but like there's games going on i remember it was like february and it was like it was starting to get louder the noise about covid but there's still 17,000 people in these buildings and you're walking yeah. around and as you heard more and more information, I stopped like shaking hands with people, mm-hmm. maybe a little fist pound, but it, this was, it was just like everyday life again. You know, it was, yeah. it was bizarre. And telling people, I remember even tell, like, if I would tell people like, oh man, I'm a little nervous or scared. And then, you know, and then some people like, no, don't be scared. It's just the flu. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's just, there's so much misinformation and obviously just leadership at the top was misleading everyone as well. So then nobody knew who to believe, what to think. So it we'll was be just back well, by weird. And it's, it's wild to think that, you know, and, and I was very hard on the Kings for this. Um, and, and truthfully, it's the NBA's fault as well for that game should have been canceled. The, the, the New Orleans Kings game should have been canceled the moment that that tweet from Shams Griner went out and said, and I remember st- like standing right between my kitchen and dining room and reading that tweet and saying out loud to no one other than no one with two legs talking only to my dogs. Oh my God, they suspended the NBA. The NBA season's over from a news perspective, Marshall, what was, what was, I assume you were either at the game or getting ready to cover it. What was Marshall 11th like? I was I was at the game, you know. Um, it was crazy because I think uh, Sarah was actually there pregame um, for like the early newscasts. Um, you know, we have a six and a six thirty newscast that we have sports in, and I was driving down after the after the hit to go to the game, and I drive down and on my way they're like, ah, you know, something funny's going on, and people are texting me. Sarah's texting me. Uh, they're like, I, I don't think this game is happening. And like, I literally walk in right as the PA, um, you can hear it. Like the game's been, you know, postponed can't, or the season's been suspended, whatever the announcement was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is big. I was like, go down to the floor. We start like streaming, like back live on our like website or something. And I was just like, yo, season's over. And Sarah's like, here's what's funny. Sarah's like trying to like, Oh, it's okay. And I was like, yo, yo, stay away. Everybody stay away from me. I was immediately in the in the social distancing. Like, because I've been reading about COVID for a while. And I was like, this doesn't sound great. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I live by myself. So it's easy for me to just socially distance. I, I stopped, I had stopped playing basketball like two weeks earlier. I was like, ah, I think I'm gonna chill on the basketball. Um and I haven't played basketball. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, like, that was like the day everything became real. The yeah, NCAA yeah. tournament shut down. Major League Baseball shut down spring training. Um, I know I was I was working for the same company. It's not, like everybody had been sent home. Like everything changed uh, in that moment. And it, it's hard. You know, we kind of, especially as sports fans, we can equate it uh, to that moment. I remember the PA announcer. Uh, Tonight's game has been canceled. Everybody has to go home. You're all safe but we need you all to exit immediately. And it's just wild to play that back. And uh, it's one of two days that really stick out. The other one being January 26th. Um, I was actually with Marshall uh, later that day. I know you guys were doing the Stockton Kings game, but that was Sarah too, by the way, Sarah was our sideline reporter that day. Sarah was a mess. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sarah Hodges was was a mess that day. Of course, January 26th when Kobe Bryant passed away. Um, I remember watching your broadcast, uh, Deuce and Moe, watching the Kings game thinking, oh, man, that was tough to handle. And I got the text from Marshall to come in. I was like, oh, I'm just going to burst into tears. And this is where I commend Marshall is because I had I knew I was doing uh, sports extra that night. And I was like, I got to get this out. So I walked into the room and I recorded a podcast and I sobbed through the entire thing. And I thought, okay, maybe I got it all out because I'm not going to cry on television. And Marshall, God bless him. He's such a news guy that he went into anchor mode in which he delivered the story. And I mean this in, in a compliment with no emotion. <laughs> he delivered it in yeah. a way where there was no way I could get emotional. So I thought as long as Sarah holds it together, like, we're good. Like I'm fine because Marshall is newsman anchor. And I saw your, your guys's clip and, 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 you know, Deuce trying to deliver the message and Morgan barely holding it together. And it was like, Oh, come on, you guys. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I'll just never forget it. Cause we were, it was that morning we we're driving down to Stockton and I, I got on my car and I, someone sent me a TMZ link and you know, over the years you get a TMZ link. You're like, is this fake? And it just didn't seem real. And then you click on it and you see the news and it was just, it didn't feel real. I mean, yeah. that's the best way to, to describe it. And then, you know, as you're sitting trying to wonder if they're going to play this game, like, I, I don't know, like, are they going to cancel game? You know, I didn't know what was going to happen. And you're trying to follow along on Twitter, learning more and more information about who passed away. And more and more misinformation, I mean, like so those hours all oh, was so yeah. bad. So yeah. bad. And I, I mean, it, it was hard. It was definitely hard because you also had these, these G League players in front of you idolize Kobe yeah. right like they looked up and they're that you're seeing them find out on the court while they're warming up and the emotion and it, it I mean it was it was really difficult yeah but that's they why were, they were, were oh, go on Kenny no just, I just wanted to ask all you guys in hindsight I mean everything everything's fine everything worked out but in hindsight should they have not played any games that day you know <laughs> I, I it, that's tough because it's those like, guys were messed up. Like the, the NBA at, players were right. They, they were messed up, man. Right. And and I look at someone like like Damien just talked about how Marshall, like Marshall was a news that news guy came in. He did his job, right? Yeah. And in some ways, like you think about this, and I and I don't like to be all corny and cliche and stuff, but like, would Kobe Bryant want ballers to stop balling that day? Like, come on, you know, he right. wouldn't. He wouldn't. And and it's like one of those things though, too, I know mentally for me, just from the broadcast, how are you supposed to be like up and give energy uh, to this broadcast when, you know, in a, a legend died. And then we're touching on this legend dying throughout the broadcast and his daughter and still having, not having the information of the other people that had passed away on the helicopter. And so it was just a strange day from a professional level. I think from uh, athletes to coaches, all the way to anyone doing a broadcast. On a lighthearted note, that, that we had a producer behind the scenes and <laughs> before the game, they were playing the South Bay Lakers and he's like, all right, so we're going to open up the broadcast with the keys to the game and the key okay. match. I'm like, I'm like, no, <laughs> no, we're not, bro. No, sir, no, we're sir. Not. He goes, well, I mean, everyone knows that you passed. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, this is basketball, the NBA, G, like. It's a family. <laughs> no, like, what are we doing here, Bad know, job, he bad know, job. He didn't know sports. He knows, yeah, like, yeah, television yeah. and TV. production. Yeah. And, and not, not only that, but is it, isn't isn't it like the home game is what's broadcast on, like, if, if, a, if a Lakers fan was watching the game, they would get your broadcast. So, yeah. like, yeah. you can't ignore <laughs> the overwhelming yeah. storyline of the day. I think 
I think, to, and to answer your question, Kenny, I think, yes, they, they should have played because Kobe would have wanted them to play, like Morgan said, mm -hmm. uh, one. Plus, like, once the ball goes up and you're, like, actually playing basketball, like, at least that can take your mind off it for a minute because, you know, once yeah. the game is over, otherwise, it's still going to be like that until you actually play a game anyway. Right. Yep. That's, that's, my, that's, that's my thing. I haven't uh, – I hadn't been able to watch any of those things still, like the lookbacks or – you know, I saw the funeral – and that was crazy. That was tough. Mm -hmm. But, you know, people, TNT did a special. I, I have them all saved. I know where they're at. I, had, I haven't been able to watch them yet, man. It's crazy. Yeah, the funeral was when Vanessa went up there. Woo! I was like, oh, mm-mm. <laughs> like, I, I, I ain't, I'm not, I'm not, I am not emotionally stable enough uh, to watch this. But, you know, that was January 26th. Yeah. and. My, I, I remember I was doing, a, I was working out. It was a timed workout and I could hear my phone buzzing. And it was like, I, I started to think it was like some active group chat because it kept buzzing over and over and over and over and over. And the workout's almost done. I was like, I'm not, I, I've got to finish this. And I'll look at the phone and my eyes were drawn to my friend's text that said, I know Kobe was your guy, man. This is devastating. I'm like, that's yeah. a weird ass text. He's like, yeah. okay. And then my eyes went to the Washington Post one and it was like, hmm. And I just remember looking at my phone and my, my I, I looked at it probably for an hour and I thought I like, I didn't want to turn on the TV. Like I didn't want to see sports center because for some reason to me, and I, 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 to this day, I have no idea why I felt like if I turned it on, if I turned the TV on, it became real. Yeah. 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 No. Like at, at this point it was, st it still wasn't real, but if I had yeah. turned on and I had seen like Jay Harris or L Duncan or whoever sitting at the sports center desk, then suddenly like it, it was real. And I didn't want to see that lower third and all of the images. I just didn't want to see it. And it was, that's what's so crazy about all this, you guys, is that so many people connected on so many different levels, whether it was like you idolized him because you played basketball or you understood it because you're a father daughter duo, or like, even for me, like it took me so much time afterward because I thought about these teammates, these young women as teammates, and I lost a teammate young. Mm. And when you lose a teammate that you battle on the basketball floor with it's it's unreal and especially when you are younger I was in college but still you know it's you're at a younger age and you you can all come together but it brings back those memories of wow you're losing this sister this teammate all so much more to it than you know these family members being losing somebody and you know all these basketball fans losing a legend so it's just it was really interesting to me seeing how there were so many different people connecting that weren't even basketball fans. Yeah. And I think we're all in the age group too, where we saw him enter the league as this like 18 year old kid yeah. and some of the mistakes he made and some of the issues he had in, with the Lakers and then, you know, winning championships and then doing it again with a new group and then seeing him be such like a loving father and yeah. what he meant to his daughters and just even his love for the women's game. Like, you, the you biggest saw, baby face turn in sports history. Oh, no like, doubt. The he was a total heel. Yeah. yeah. And then that final year, that poem, that video, and mm. there's no bigger baby face in, in all of sports than Kobe Bryant. Uh, and I got to give a shout out to uh, the Kings organization. And I, maybe they would they did what everybody would have done. But I was there at Golden One Center. I think it was the Lakers' first game back. But it was definitely their first game since Kobe passed away. And what they had out in uh, – 
you know, in, in, in the Doco area with the with the yeah. long, you know, uh, mural, picture, mural yeah. and, and having them up on the two big screens outside him and him and Gigi and, uh, you know, what they did during the game. Laker fans were there. Laker fans were crying, you know, at that game. That was that was an emotional scene. I think that might have been the Lakers' first game back. No, their first one was definitely in Los Angeles. Yeah, it was. Um, it was their second game. It was their yeah, first road game, game, and it was the first okay. Kings home game since it had happened. So that's yeah. what it was the first. It was Kings all apropos. Game. And that's then there was, was the the eight second violations and the twenty four yeah. second. Oh yeah. man, that, that stuff. There that were was poignant. Yeah, it was. It was something and. You know, the other third, you know, we, we spent a lot of, you know, COVID, Kobe, and I feel like, and you guys can, you know, tell me if you disagree. I feel like the other main story in sports this year became activism um, because as, as you know, the world was kind of locked down, um, George Floyd was murdered. You know, that sparked a reaction in people who these types of incidents didn't spark a reaction in before. And I think it was the moment where, in my opinion, um, athletes realize they have a lot more power than they've ever been credited for. Uh, and I think we saw that in the restart in the NBA. I think we saw that with um, a commercial that ran with some of the black players in the NFL. Uh, and, and perhaps no greater example, Marshall, and I, I want to start with you on this one, probably no greater example than when, you know, that weekday afternoon, the, the Bucks walked off the floor of what was supposed to be a playoff game. Yeah, I think... Uh... I think you're right in that athletes collectively never knew how much power they had because maybe historically, if you go back to like the civil rights era and just beyond that, they weren't making as much money as they make now. They weren't bringing in as much cash as they do now. I mean, you look at free agency and everything that's happened since then. And all of a sudden when things aren't going the way you want them to go, you can speak up and make a difference. And with what was going on in Milwaukee, the Bucks were like, nah, nah. Mm -hmm. And what we all learned, I think, is that we have a different level of athlete now and there's more unity in the way they're trying to have an effect uh, when it comes to social justice and everything else in between because of social media, because of branding and because things are just different than they were say 10 years ago in terms of your reach and how you can impact things, whether it's fans, uh, the people who employ you, whatever. And I, I think that that was a huge breakthrough in 2020. I mean, 2020 has broken a lot of people, um, but it's also in a way shown us how much power we have as individuals and specifically athletes speaking up. You can tie it all the way back to Colin Kaepernick and kind of an evolution mm -hmm. of what's happened since uh, you know he did his first protest, but the protests, they're not going away. They're only getting smarter, stronger, and leagues have had to deal with it head on yeah. from the NBA to the NFL to NASCAR. Like, this is a reality we live in. NASCAR, man, I forgot about that. Yeah. And, this and thing was huge. What, what's so crazy is that, you know, the, the George Floyd, that was in June, right? Yeah. Anyway. I mean, May, late May. Yeah. Okay, late May, June. Right before uh, my birthday. That's why I so, remember I had a miserable birthday. It's so hard, like time during this year is bizarre, but yeah. everyone's attention was on this more so than ever because everyone was pretty much home, right? Like we were home and sport, there was no sports to distract us. We had no games to watch. Sports was shut down. So you go to TV, you tune on the TV, that was on and it captured the nation. It captured everyone's attention and these athletes spoke up and it was such a big deal. Like 
I, I think about it all the time, like what would have happened if like we were just in a normal time? Like, sure, there would have been protests. We've seen protests before, but would it have reached this level yeah. and this level of, of people speaking out for social justice if there wasn't coronavirus that shut down everything. And I think too, it kind of took to the next level of instead of, oh, what we've heard before, every time another person of color gets killed in this country, thoughts and prayers and let's donate $50,000, yeah. you know, because that shows that we care as a company. And it's like, yeah. you're, you're still seeing that from companies and organizations, but you also saw a shift from people actually standing up and saying, no, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna partner with you if you don't do this. Uh, we are not be the, gonna be the Ben and Jerry's of 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 companies. Yes. Uh, guys, yes. we've we've got to wrap this up. I'm sorry. Oh. If there's anybody's listening who may want to extend this show to four hours, hey. <laughs> so I threw some drunken love here, so we can make the transition from the podcast portion uh, of the show, the the, the radio podcasted portion. Uh, back to kind of my little wrap around here is we just kind of said goodbye there, wrapped things up, did all the obligatory radio things there. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. Uh, you know, with radio, you have hard outs, you have to be done. You know, in that case, it was like 155 and 15 seconds. So I had to kind of rush through a couple of things I wanted to say, but that's the beauty of this podcast is I have the ability to share a couple of things with you that I really would like to. And one of them uh, is about Marshall Harris. After the lowdown ended, Marshall reached out to me right away and said, you know, what do you need? I said, you know, I'd still love to do TV if you could use me. And the very next week, uh, Marshall had me on at the time. It was him. Joe Musa was still here and Sarah Hodges. And he made sure I was out there. He made sure I was able to promote my podcast. And all of the while that I was doing podcasts, Marshall regularly had me on. You know, I had no radio home. Um, but he, you know, he told me, he's like, I'm a, you, you want your name out there. We want your name in the market. We think you're good at what you do. We're going to keep you out there. And I remember we were heading in towards, towards March and the schedule in March is pretty wild. The, the prior March, I had done a ton of television with him, uh, even sitting in the co-anchor chair with him, just kind of following his lead, talking about games that wrapped up in the NCAA tournament, talking about football, talking about the NBA playoffs, whatever the, 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 the day might have called for. And I remember I did what turned out to be the last sports extra before the pandemic shutdown. You know, everything shut down, as you heard us talking about there on March 11th. That was a Wednesday. It was just a couple of days prior. I was in the studio with Sarah Hodges, and Marshall wasn't even there that day. And I had text Marshall because I, I, they had this big calendar in, in front of them. And they had a show. They had, like, two shows every day. And I text Marshall. I was like, dude, if you need me, man, I'm here. I'll be readily available no matter what time you need me, man. I'm here. And he said, bet, I'm going to take you up on that. I'm absolutely going to need you. And then, of course, the NCAA tournament stopped. Spring training was over. The NBA season was over. Kind of everything ended. And they started doing they started doing what segments they did, which wasn't very many, from home. And so I did the last sports extra. And when they got called back, it was a week before D'Lo and Casey started on ESPN 1320. It was right when, you know, the news had kind of become official. I had put a teaser out on social media. We were holding back on an official announcement uh, because we were waiting actually to solidify things with Kenny. So 
there was nothing out there but the vague teaser. It had the ESPN logo. It said August 17th. Marshall said, how do you want me to handle this? I said, go ahead, bring it up. I'm going to dance around it a little bit, but I'll answer your question. I said, okay, cool. Got it. And I just, I, I think that's so, I think that's just so, it speaks to the type of person uh, that Marshall is. And, and certainly Sarah and that entire crew at CBS 13 who has been, you know, so good to me and so good to us, dating back to my time of working with Ken Rudolph and all of the stuff I did on Good Day Sacramento. Uh, Cody Starks regularly having me on Good Day Sacramento. So I, I appreciate Marshall so much, and I can't say enough great things about him, and I can't say enough great things about Deuce and Morgan. Uh, Morgan is really the driving force to what I want Be Heard to be. Um, she has taken such a hands-on approach in our in investment and commitment uh, to the youth in our community. And without her, I wouldn't be able to do it. And I, and I've told them that privately and I hope that they know that I'm not in any way, shape or form, just, you know, trying to talk game. I'm not Draymond green talking to Kevin Durant. Like I'm dead serious. Like be heard. I, I honestly don't believe be heard could happen without them. Um, and it was a quick text exchange with Deuce and my Deuce, Deuce and myself, uh, a phone call that ultimately led to me telling Deuce this idea that I had. And if Deuce had said, uh, that's dumb, I, I, I really don't know what I would have done. I knew I needed Deuce and Mo to be a part of Be Heard. And when we started it and it and it evolved into like a mentorship pro program and a commitment to our youth as much as it's been, you know, a podcast platforms for guys like Sean and Vaughn and and Mac and Ash and, and, you know, those incredibly talented people that we have on this platform and Sanjus and Tim can't say enough great things about them. And, 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 and Donnie Ramsey as well with the dope ones podcast. Um, it, it, it evolved and they, and they embraced the mentorship part and Morgan has really taken, you know, such a hands-on approach and has helped me in ways that I'll never be able to properly thank her for. And, and she is uh, just a, a ma deuce, you know, be heard. And, it, and it's really nice that people give me a lot of credit for be heard. It was a germ of an idea, but the truth is be heard really centers around what I, I feel like deuce and Mo and myself were able to build. The first call I made when, when deuce and Mo jumped on was Kenny Carraway and to be able to work with him on a daily basis and to see his passion for sports and, and his passion for the 49ers and his passion for the Sacramento's Kings and, and most importantly, his passion to communicate. And you can love sports and you can love all of these different things, but if you don't have a passion for communicating with people, you're going to fail. You're not going to be able to do it. And Kenny has a passion for communicating and he has a passion for being great. And you know when somebody mails it in. Uh, you know when someone uh, does something for a paycheck. Kenny does not do this for a paycheck. Kenny does this because he loves it. Uh, he every 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 show we do, every video we make, uh, every IG live we jump on, it's because he has a passion and a point that he wants to convey. So being able to work with him on a daily basis has has been a tremendous treat. And once we got off the air, we stayed on the Zoom call for quite a while, and Kenny and I each told the story about how we found out about each other, and. Kenny interviewed for, you know, the, the position at ESPN 1320. And the idea was originally it was going to be a one person show. And every interview I did, it was for it, it's, you know, you've got to be able to do a radio show. I'll try to get you a producer. That's going to be the thing. 
you know, I'll try to get someone who can help you with the show, but you're going to have to take on a lot of responsibility for this and you're going to be the host of it and you'll have to book guests and do that whole different thing. And, you know, you, I'll, I'll get you a producer who can help you with ideas, help you with booking. And that was always the idea. And then Danny inter- and, and Kenny told this story to Deuce and Mo and Marshall after we uh, got off the air, but um, Kenny interviewed and that's where the idea of d and KC was born because I think my boss was already leaning towards hiring me and he met Kenny and kind of fell in love with him. And so he came to me. So he goes to Kenny and tells him like, Hey, I want to hire you, uh, but I, 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 I have a lead host in mind and I want you, you know, I want you to be a, 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 a big part of the show, but he's going to handle, you know, some of the, they call it driving. He's going to handle the lead responsibilities. He's going to try to drive the show. Kenny was like, okay, you know, there's only a couple of people that I can think of. Deuce and Mo were one. I was the other. And Danny, you know, our boss tells him it's, it's, it's Damien Barling. Do you know him? And Kenny's like, oh man, let's do this. He does the same thing with me. He goes like, okay, you know, he calls and he's like, he offers me the job. It's, it's still a funny conversation to me this day. He goes, you know, I want to, you know, I want to formally offer you, offer you the job. And I go, Okay, great. And he goes, but there's a catch. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, you got to be kidding me. I've got a radio job right here at my fingertips, and there's a catch. He's like, I have a co host in mind. And now I'm sweating. My heart is racing because for him to bring this name to me, it means he really likes the person. And I had fears of the name that was about to come out of his mouth. And he said, Do you know who Kenny Caraway is? And I was like, Oh man, you've got to be kidding me. Like, absolutely. Like, I 100% know who Kenny Caraway is, and that's how we were able to, you know, form D'Lo and KC, and I love being able to share uh, those two hours with him, and hopefully this show stretches to three or four hours in the very, 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 very near future. It's something that's been in the works for a while. It's a delicate matter that we've got to navigate around, but we're really trying to build ESPN 1320 into something special, and I appreciate everybody who checks us out. Uh, I know it's difficult to really invest in that station because it's just us right now and it's just a two-hour block and we're hoping once we stretch to a four-hour block, it'll be even better. And then, you know, the next goal is it's no secret. Like, you know who we're trying to hire. That's the plan. If somebody else in this market wants to hire them, they better get to it because they're two of the most talented people in this market and they're two of the most talented people in this industry. And uh, we're going to try to hire those two talented people uh, as soon as possible. I don't know if as soon as possible is January, February. I don't know if it's spring or summer. I don't know when it is, but I'm going to do if I don't. If those two talented people are not on the radio sometime soon, I have I've I've, I haven't done my job. And so we're going to continue to work. We're going to continue to grind both here on the podcast uh, uh, platform and and on ESPN 1320. So thank you all for your amazing support through what has been an absolutely wild uh, 2020. Um, I started this year doing one thing, uh, started really zeroing in on the podcast uh, you guys helped the podcast become something. Uh, I thought the podcast was really good. Uh, you guys showed me this year through all of the bad uh, that this podcast is, is special. And the fact that you still listen to it, despite the fact uh, I'm on Monday through Friday, uh, is is even a, a bigger testament to you 
Uh, and so I offer you just a tremendous amount of thanks uh, for your support, um, both for Be Heard uh, and for ESPN 1320. So have a tremendous new year. Have a safe new year. Uh, and thank you again so much for your support here of the podcast. Thank you so much for your support of Be Heard, your support of ESPN 1320. And we will be back here next week.